today. Are you tired of living with stained and worn-out carpeting? Does the den look like bears spent the winter with you? Spring is here, and so is Empire Today's half-off-your-project sale starting now, but only for a limited time. Save 50% on a huge selection of carpet, hardwood, and laminate, standard padding and materials, and basic installation. Call the Empire Today half-off-your-project sale hotline now. 1-855-385-0681. Empire Today's free in-home estimates are easy and smart. Choose from high-quality flooring in the rooms where you'll use them with your lighting so you can see the color best. We'll do the measuring. You do the selecting and saving. But first, you must do the calling. Everyone loves the half-off-your-project sale. Even bears. Call the Empire Today special hotline. 1-855-385-0681. 1-855-385-0681. Empire Today. Select styles. Details at EmpireToday.com. Welcome to the show. Happy Sunday, everybody. It's January the 11th, and I'm so excited about this show. Um, as you can tell, I'm a little under the weather, but I would not miss this show for the world. Tonight's topic is church wounds from hurt to healing, and I have three of my favorite people they are going to be co-hosting this evening with me. Um, welcome to the show, ladies. How are you? Great. That's good. That's good. Um I ask each of the ladies to um, share with the listeners why this issue is so important to to me. In our in our briefing call, we had some wonderful stories that uh, we shared about um, how dealing with we we each dealt dealt with church hurt in some form or the other. So um, I just ask each one of them to share um, what brings them to the table. Why is this such an important issue for them? And I wanted to just basically start with mine. Um, I've shared a couple of times that, and I've joked about it, pretty much in my area, I, I belong to pretty much all the churches here. Because um, for, for number one, I'm not going to be disrespected in the church, especially when I go to a place. To me, a church is a hospital. It's a place where everyone should come to find healing, to be able to find reconciliation and forgiveness for whatever they've done. Um, I think a lot of people sometimes use um, their authority and their abuse. Um, and back in the day, many years ago, my damage really is nothing new. It's been done years ago, almost 20 years ago. Um, I've had a pastor basically tell me that um, 
they didn't want me there and that I was not going to be blessed. Um, and I think I personally need to find some way to reconcile um, with, with the church. I want to make it clear. I didn't leave God. I just left the church pretty much. And I've gone to church after church after church um, wounded. And I think it's time that I finally get some solutions so that I can reconcile with the church. Tony? Yes. How are you? I agree with you on the fact that, yes, it's time to look at that and get a reckoning behind the fact that there is a lot of hurt going on throughout churches throughout this United States, and it seems to be getting worse, um, more so than better. So the topic tonight is a great topic, and I'm happy that Will has invited us on and has so graciously allowed us to come on as co-host and be a part of this great show. So, Will has opened the floor up, you know. We're talking about these relationships and and church hurt. And I am Latrice Carter, coming to you from Norfolk, Virginia. And I am here because uh, being a minister myself and coming from a family of ministry, my mother's an elder, father's a deacon, and I come from a long line of preachers, um, I've experienced various types of church hurt. Um, I've been the victim of it. And also, um, I believe that I've been the giver of it in some regard. Uh, Sometimes people are offended by the word of God and the delivery, but my personal story was a little different. I was offended by um, uh, an older minister at the church that I was attending at the time. She told me that I was too young to be in leadership, too young to be in ministry, and that she was Moses and I was Joshua and that I needed to be seated because it was her turn. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to the well, show. Well, my name, that's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I am Alicia Brown. And I was born and raised and currently live in Hampton, Virginia. This topic is so important to me because I am a childhood abuse survivor. So I'm definitely one of those people, as Will said, that come to the the church as a hospital that was hurting. And I work with people a lot, um, trying to empower them to pick up the broken pieces of their lives and how they can really thrive versus just existing. Um, A little bit about my background, I was raised a Jehovah Witness. Um, So once I turned 17, I was on my own personal quest to find out who God really was versus what I'd just been taught in my upbringing. So like Will, I've probably been a part of a lot of the different churches of this area. Um, I have been a part of Church of God in Christ. I've been a part of a mega church, and now I'm part of a non-denominational church. Um, But I certainly understand how beautiful church can be when ministry is done right, but also how when you experience pain and hurt and just total destruction within the church, how devastating that can be. And personally, myself, I walked away from the church for a few years because of church hurt and wounds and did not return until I felt like I was at a place where I could have an open heart and an open mind again to ministry. So I definitely am a testimony of what a blessing church is, but when it's in the right setting, the right circumstances. But, of course, there will be some church hurt and some church pain. Mm -hmm. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but please stay tuned because, as you've heard, tonight's topic is one that is across this nation, people experiencing church hurt and wounds. So please stay tuned. You are listening to Let's Face It on the Survival Radio Network, and we'll be right back. SRN Survival Radio Network. Tired of applying for jobs only to get turned down because of the economy or lack of a degree? What if you can qualify to work for those same Fortune 500 companies without worrying about a degree and work them from the comfort of your home? With JP Employment Services, LLC, enjoy the benefits of making your own hours, enjoy more free time, and earn a great salary. For details, call 678 678- Eight three five seven three seven one. That's six seven eight eight three five seven three seven one. Or go to www.jpemployment.com. Must be able to pass the background check and certifications. Call JP Employment today. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be a warm place on a day. I want to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Let's Face It. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn, and we're in the studio with my three co-hosts. We have Alicia, Tony, and Latrice. Um, again, the show is tonight all about church wounds, from healing, from hurt to healing. And I want to welcome to the show um, our three guests. I want to welcome to the show Pastor Darren Phelps from Washington, D.C. Hello, hello. How are you today, Will? Doing well. Pastor Rick Rollins from Tampa, Florida. Hello, how are you, Will? Doing very well. And Elder Angela Corpu Boyd from Chesapeake, Virginia. How are you? I'm doing well, Will. How are you? So I'm doing great, great. Fighting the cold, but I'm still here. We're going to miss show for the world. Uh, I just wanted to give you each opportunity, a brief moment, because um, we do have a lot of information that we want to cover. But I wanted to give you each a brief moment just to introduce yourselves to our listeners, and we can start with ladies first, Elder Angela Corpry-Boyd. 
Well, good evening. I'm Dr. Boyd, and um, at the present time, I am the president and founder of Women Empowered in the Millennium Incorporated, a women's ministry uh, that focuses women on uh, pursuing their destiny. Uh, we also include men and youth. Um, I wrote the book Church Hurt, The Wounded Trying to Heal because of experiences that I've gone through, but because this is an issue that has been plaguing um kingdom, uh, our, our Christian kingdom, and so I wanted to help those persons who've been hurt in the church to be healed and move forth into their destiny. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, pastor Rollins. Yes. Well, my name is Rick Rollins. I am the pastor of the Edge Church in Tampa, Florida, and uh, Genesis Orlando, soon to be the Edge Church of Central Florida. Uh, I've been pastoring now since... Uh, we won't talk about how long. It's been a long time. And I also am a former talk show host, um, uh, published author. I was going to say best-selling. They were, but we, we're not going to go there. But the bottom line is that I, too, much like everyone on the show, thinks that I really do believe that this show, this topic is very important. Uh, having pastored uh, since the 80s, so that tells you that I've been around a while, been in the church all my life, I uh, started preaching when I was 12, pastored my first church at 21, uh, excuse me, at 23, uh, was an associate pastor at 21, uh, and for the past 15 years have been working uh, uh, with the inclusive and affirming churches, and if there's a place where you really want to see broken people come back to life, it's when you're doing a work, when the church has shut the doors and uh, said you're not welcome, and you create a welcoming environment. So this topic is all too familiar uh, on both sides of it, having to heal and to be a part of the healing process. And I'm honored to be here tonight. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Rollins. And Pastor Phelps. Thank you, Will. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm so sorry I don't have my singing voice today. But I promise you uh, we're going to get through this tonight. Uh, the Lord has blessed me um, to be able to be uh, a servant for many years in ministry, as you know, Will, uh, even in my high school years of um, accepting my call and then soon after that pastoring at age 24 in Baptist churches. And why I lift that up is because the denominational challenges of church hurt are quite different and pronounced when you start thinking about all of the other issues that come along with uh, just trying to be a pastor, whether it's rural or it's urban, and certainly fast-forwarding to the great people of Bethel Christian Church, where I am so excited to be their pastor in D.C., uh, where we have such a good blend of people who come from all walks of life uh, that God has really prepared us. Um, to be able to head on, uh, deal with this issue head on. Uh, as you know, uh, there are people who come in with a plethora of issues and concerns, some yeah. spoken and unspoken. Uh, but if we set the stage right and we allow the Holy Spirit to do the job right, we know that healing will take place. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Thank you all. Thank you all. I wanted to start the, the conversation with this question. In your opinion, why does the relationship that people are supposed to have with the church break down and you can speak freely <laughs> I, well I think one of the reasons that uh, the relationship breaks um, is because people go with sometimes uh, their eye not focused on the purpose of church but they go with their eye focused on 
the person that is leading the church. And when we lose our focus for why we are in a ministry, we're there to serve, uh, we're there to help others, we're there to encourage. Uh, When we lose our focus, that's when we put ourselves in a dangerous position to be hurt. And I've seen it quite often that when we start focusing on the man or the woman um, and stop focusing on our purpose and our destiny and, and Jesus Christ, then we're we're at a place where we open ourselves up to be hurt. Hmm. You sure we can speak candidly? Yes, candidly, yes, <laughs> please. Let me let me share a couple of things with you, and I'll be brief. Uh, number one, uh, I believe that in my experiences uh, in dealing with church people, unlike believers, now there is a distinct difference in people who have resolved in themselves that all they want out of life is to be a church member. Let me be mm. very clear about that. Uh, very different. Um, the blessing is is that as a pastor, we want to convert people from just being okay with church stuff uh, because that opens up the door for a lot of the other things. Let me share right. something else. You know, one of the challenges, Will, is that we don't know what healthy intimacy is and what boundaries are. And so if we are going to have this perpetual hurt or this perpetual sickness, and we think that the church is going to be the be-all without any self-accountability and without our true intimate self with God, we will never have healing. And I'll close on this point. You know, I often say, so okay, I hear a lot about the fact that the church is a place for sick people, but what happens after I get healed? Because after all, I'm coming here to get healed. What are you going to do with me? And what are you going to do with it once I expose the it? And along the journey, how do you help me to get to that place? Because after all, I don't want to stay in this perpetual movement where I'm hopping along with only one eye and all you keep seeing me as this hurt entity in the church and you speak to me in that way and I respond that way. And so I believe that as a church and believers, uh, we've got to rise up, raise up more believers who can help church people understand that that way of the perpetual sickness and hurt, and yes, I understand where you've come from, I get where you've been, but the reality is at some point, what you've been through ought to propel you from just being a church member and that hurt and that wound to saying, I want to be a believer now, I want more from God. Can I please ask our distinguished guest tonight, um, I am Pastor Tony Wilson, I was the first um, co-host to lead off, but can I ask the guest tonight, as you interject um, your thoughts freely, if you would at least say your last or first name so that our listeners will know who the, who's actually answering um, their questions tonight, if you don't mind, please. Absolutely. That was Darren Phelps from Bethel, D.C. Thank you, dear. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think that happens in, in the lives of those, as, as Pastor Phelps has said, that uh, folk come in with a plethora of issues. And what happens in a lot of instances is that when they come to this place of healing, you've got a lot of hurt people still hurting because misery loves company. And so if I'm not quite where I should be, I'm going to seek out others who will join me in this pity party. And sometimes, because there is a responsibility that comes with healing, folks aren't willing already to accept that responsibility. One of the things that you said earlier, Will, that really caused my ears to kind of stand up was when you said, uh, when you started talking about 
being church hurt and and trying to find a place to belong. One of the things that I think that we have to understand in the beginning is that we are the church. We're going to a, a place that facilitates hopefully that healing, but we go there having to understand we are a part of this process, and oftentimes we we do ourselves a disservice expecting someone else to have the answers when we don't even know the questions. So it is a process that sometimes we end up going through together. And and, and, and what I look at, and I think that all the pastors on here will, will admit and, 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 and agree to, is that a lot of times we are still trying, we are still in process ourselves. Exactly. And so sometimes we're not even ready to handle the gravity of somebody's hurt. Mm-hmm. And to try to do that while still healing is mm-hmm. often dangerous than helpful. And Can I so interject, we, please? Um, as the host, we please. have a plethora of questions that we really want to get through tonight. We need all of our guests, praise God, tonight to get to these questions because these are questions from the viewers and they really want them answered. Uh, can, if we can go to Alicia, one of our other co-hosts. She has a question she wants to pose to you all tonight as well. Alicia? You have touched, thank you. You have touched on this some. But it's a two-part question. The first is, what are church hurts? And the second part of that is, why do we expect church hurt to be different from the other type of hurts that we experience in our lives? So this is Pastor Darren. I'll try to tackle that um, and respect the time as well. Um, You know, your question was around what is church hurt? How do you define that? Uh, Let me just say uh, in a very um, uh, brief way, a church hurt shows up in many different ways throughout the congregation, from the head to the door. Um, You know, uh, Pastor Rick mentioned something very briefly. You know, if the pastor has not done the work necessary, you can imagine, as even Brother Will was talking about, not necessarily belonging to a church because he's not going to be spoken to any kind of way. Those are people who are hurting because, as our bishop says, hurt people will hurt people. And right. then the other thing is, is that when you have a void in your life, and you all understand this, you get this, we often come to the church wanting these things. We often want those intimacy. You know, the challenge of the church is that the church can be quite emotional without the intimacy. We get that emotional high, but we forget there's an obligation and an accountability that comes with that experience. And along with that, we can't just blame the lay people for uh, 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 ensuing the church hurt. It comes from the head as well. And if they've not done the work, I won't spend time on that, and I'm certainly not going to pin, uh, you know, point my finger at that, but that needs to happen. Now, your second point, and there's so much more I can get on to defining church hurt, because it could be anything from somebody being mad in hospitality to an usher not greeting you well to someone being mad because they couldn't preach or whomever it was, or someone sitting at their seat at, in the church. You know, who knows what those things and what would trigger that. 
but your other question, your other part of your question is, why do we expect that to hurt? I think it's because uh, in uh, church life, if you will, and again, this is different than the believers, we almost expect church people to be messy. And so we come expecting church people to gossip. We expect them to shout and to uh, get to the point where their wigs flow off and uh, they get to have the hookup up and then they get the car with us on their way to get their chicken in two-piece and then they're cussing about the pastor. We have come to the place where we've accepted that as the norm. And we as believers have got to stop that. We've got to say, this is our church. This is our congregation. This is how I want to see God. I want to live on purpose. I don't want to live in the same drama. I fight enough hell in my life. I don't want to do that when I come to Bethel or wherever your church is. Um, This is is Angela Boyd. Um, To add to that, as he was saying, you know, you asked the question, what are some church hurts? I think that if we want to pinpoint a few things, we can talk about rejection. We can talk about abandonment. um, We can talk about something that we expect to receive from the church and get just the opposite. Um, A lot of times when we say that we have a call, as Pastor just said, and and people don't accept that call or people say that we're not ready, Um, as he said, you know, you can consider church hurt as much as, you know, being in hospitality, as he said, and someone not speaking to you. But I think, you know, a deeper issue is when he said, when people come to church, we should try to, as leaders, maybe assess where they are and know that they're coming from an environment where they have been hurt. And instead of putting them right to work or putting them right inside of ministry, the healing process needs to take place so that, as he said, hurt people won't continue to hurt people. Those are some very good answers, very good answers from our guests tonight. I think one of the things that I'd like to interject in just as the moderator for tonight um, and being a pastor myself is I often think that there's a misunderstanding. I think one of our guest um, speakers just hit on that. There's a misunderstanding about what the real definition of church is. If you can Mm -hmm. define what a church is within yourself, and then right. look at why, and then define hurt within yourself, and put the two together. I think we'll make some leeway as to what truly is church hurt. What do you all feel about that? How do you feel about that? Absolutely, I think you're head on, and then that helps us to eliminate the power struggles. That helps us to come to a place where we can candidly talk about our stuff so that whatever that is, whether we are recovering addicts, whether we've just had a divorce for the fifth time, whether we're in abusive relationships, we can talk about those things that sometimes can spill over in those other relationships. Absolutely. Um, That's part of the role of the church. One of the things that I I think that has to happen is that we also – as leaders have to remember that there are things that we cannot take part in this process. And oftentimes we, as we said before, we come into this place with our own hurts, our own issues, and we have to make sure that we do not pass or project those issues off to other people. Because when we do that, what happens in this process is we end up doing, as we've said all throughout this conversation, the hurt people keep hurting, and so when does the healing begin? I think that that is one of the things that we've got to be mindful of in this season, is that it is a process. And we're still working it out. There are no rules to this. Thank God for the book that you've written, uh, Dr. Boyd. Uh, but in the pro- and there are other people writing books in, at the same time. But we've got to understand that this process.
process happens organically, but it must also happen spiritually and internally. Correct. 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 Well, let me ask this question, being that we've now defined church and hurt, what should a person's expectation be? This is Latrice, I do apologize. Um, what should a person's expectation be when they come into the church? Latrice, I think that you bring up an excellent question. Uh, what should the expectation be? This is Pastor Rick. Uh, what should the expectation be? I think that sometimes the expectations are set so high that it, it's a very difficult place to reach when they're coming in wanting all of the answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't even have all the questions uh, even set, set into stone yet. I think what has to happen in this process is that we have to expect the healing because God is a healer. But at the same time, we have to be willing to participate in that healing process. And oftentimes people come wanting the answer, but aren't ready to accept their part in or or to their part or even participate in the process. They want it done for them. It's got to be communicative, if you will. Uh, that that is very true, Pastor. Um, I think that accountability uh, has a great deal to do with it as well. A lot of times um, we put ourselves in a position to be hurt because spiritually we are not obedient to what the Word of God is saying, and also um, we are not. When we say after we put ourselves in a position. We don't follow the principle and we don't follow the process. And so the expectation is because I see a leader, I come to the church, and I'm expecting him and her, him or her to do it all for me when I have to take some, uh, some responsibility myself and, first of all, expect someone to know or tell someone I have been hurt. And if you don't reveal that, then you cannot get any type of assistance to to the start the delivering process. And so a lot of times we come expecting, you know, uh, the pastor, uh, the preacher, uh, the deacons, the trustees, or whomever else is in leadership to know exactly what I've gone through. But, you know, they're not mind readers. They might be prophets, but they're not mind readers. So as a hurt person, I need to come expecting to be a part of the process, but revealing what I need done so that I can be healed. Um, This is Pastor Darren. I do want to interject one thing that I think has helped me in my ministry is you, you have to be aware that when members come in and they connect with people, sometimes the persons who hurt you are often the persons who are closest to you. And we have to be clear about that. So sometimes that can be a very peculiar place when folks have to come to pastor and say, well, so-and-so, so-and-so did A, B, and C, um, but yet they don't want me to uh, sort of uh, come and share uh, that concern with them. I get that. But the other reality is, as I'm listening to you all talk about the self-accountability and how do people move from that, is that with strong leadership, strong leadership also means prayerful leadership and some Someone who has created an atmosphere, if you will, an environment where people begin to check one another. 
So it doesn't mm-hmm. always have to come to the pastor. You automatically say, this is not right, and we're not going to have this here. You know, That's when you know that you've begun to establish a church that's not necessarily hurt-free because things are going to happen, but the intentionality. See, there's difference. I've been in places where pastors have come to me and said, you're not preaching here, when I'm sitting there just before the sermonic selection and told me I'm getting out of here because because of whatever reason. We won't get into that now. Listen, I've, I've had, I've been divorced before. I've had preachers call me up the Sunday morning and say, you can't come here because you're divorced, you know. So I understand what that's like and for people to do that. But the reality is, is that some of those were my quote-unquote boys. They were my friends, you know, and how do you sort of confront those issues when those things happen? We have to talk about that as well because that's another deeper conversation. If we could hold that thought for just a second, we need to allow Will to make an announcement, and we'll be right back to the questions, everyone. Thank you so much. I would have just spoken out loud, but my voice is going. I just wanted to open up the call lines because I'm getting messages from people who are wanting to call in. If you want to call in, you can call 917-932-1078, and make sure you press 1. That will place you into the special call queue. So you can go back and speak. The number again is 917-932-1078. Make sure you press 1. All right? You can continue talking. Well, this is Alicia Brown, and I wanted to go back to Dr. Boyd's question, um, or answer rather. You did say that as lay members we would need to remember that the pastor and leaders are not mind readers and share that we've been hurt and things like that when it comes to our expectations. But what advice do you or the other panelists give as far as the correct timing when you share your hurt? Well, uh, spiritually speaking, I I just believe that, one, you have to be very prayerful. Um, A lot of times when we leave one place and come to another, you need to be mindful that you can't just go church hopping. You know, you have to be prayerful and have God to lead you to a place where you know that healing is going to take place and that you are comfortable. Um, I don't know of anyone who has left a church and gone to another place of refuge and just jumped in. You know, uh, they court the place for a while. And I think often enough, um, you develop a relationship from the pew as you are spiritually praying and asking God, is this the the household of faith that I can be comfortable sharing my hurt, and is this the place where I'm going to go through the process of being healed? So, you know, spiritually speaking, and a lot of people are not uh, as mature in the word of God, so I think that as you are praying and asking God, you know, where is my next place of worship, my next place of healing, then you have to seek God for that that answer. And then as you are going, and you don't want to go and feed off of, you know, every house, you just need to seek God before you go to your next place so that you can be comfortable um, being able to share that information with your next leader. This is Latrice. Um, I have a another question um, as well. And this, what you just said, Dr. Boyd, also 
fits into my question. Um, what if there is a person who has a spiritual gift? I'll say someone who's been on the praise and worship team at their former church and the pastor of the new church that they've been courting, as you said, knows that this person is well known for praise and worship. But as soon as they come to the church, the pastor wants to put them to work right away. What should they tell that pastor as far as, you know, they'd rather rest and be fed or healed prior to, or how should someone handle that type of situation? I think that you just said it, that they would rather sit and go through the process of being healed before they jump into uh, ministering to the people. Because one thing that sometimes we have to realize is, you know, if we are still hurt and we get into, um, you know, a ministry and start working and, and that hurt has not been healed, then we're liable to hurt someone ourselves. Um, I don't think that there is personally anything wrong with, I don't want to say you're sitting on your gift. There are other things that you can be prayerful in doing, but if you know that you are not ready, if you personally know you are not ready to begin uh, working in ministry and serving in ministry because, first of all, you're still hurt and you have not forgiven, and that's what my book is really all about, forgiving those who have hurt you, I don't want to miss that, um, then you need to, you have assessed yourself and you know that's where you need to be. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with you being honest and saying, I'm still hurt and I know that if I don't get this wound healed, then I'm going to end up hurting. Pastor Darren, I do want to interject if I can just very briefly, and, and thank you for that, Doctor. You know, uh, it is is interesting to me because I should be a millionaire for every person who has come to me after joining the church and within a day later saying, I have this gift and I want to sing, I want to teach, I want to do whatever it is. And my question immediately after that is, well, where did you come from? Did you mm -hmm. resolve those issues where you came mm -hmm. from? Did you talk to your other pastor before you came from? Mm -hmm. Did you and your ex have a real conversation? Are you in counseling? Lord have mercy. You know, <laughs> I ask these questions, and then they may show up one more Sunday, and then guess what? They don't come back anymore because pastor's not elevating, lifting them up. The reason why I share that is because there's an assumption that people understand that they've been hurt. I don't believe that all of the time when we've been hurt, we understand that we're operating as hurt people. Um, mm. and, but there are plenty of people who do. They can get it. You know, just as you said, doctor, they know when such and such happened and I needed to get out of the situation that's unhealthy and I need to forgive and I need to forget. But there are plenty of people who are operating under the notion that that really didn't bother me. I'm not hurt. I'm okay. Pastor, I just moved from that place. Let me use my gifts. What's wrong with you? And that's the no, places no. where it's a little bit more tricky for us as we navigate through the ministry. Um, and I wanted to share that as well because as pastors and leaders, we often have to deal with sort of that group, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> mm -hmm. mm. That's true. This is Alicia Brown again. That is a lot of good information to really think about. I want to go to, however, you mentioned before there's a role that pastors play. And we've talked a little bit about what the lay members' expectations are, our job, and what we need to do. One of the things that um, I'm sure the listeners would agree with, sometimes members place church leaders, especially pastors, on a pedestal. 
they place them so close to God that there's no room for them to err. There's mm-hmm. no room for them to be human. Um, there's right. no room almost to the point that they can be forgiven if they mm-hmm. do the simple things that lay members do. So mm-hmm. could you please share what role does the pastor play in church hurt? You all are quiet. I'm going to take that one. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say. Go ahead, Brother Rick, because I'm already rocking in my desk. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was sitting there thinking about that. I, there are two roles that we play. Oftentimes it is the, that we we are to facilitate this process. Other times we are on the other side of the process because for some reason people often think that pastors are so t- tough-skinned that you can say anything to us, you can throw things at us, and we're supposed to be like Teflon. And it does not always happen that way. And sometimes I can personally sit here and there have been times that I have counseled folk for, for weeks on end, and they both leave church, and they blame me in the process. And I, I keep going, but happened here. And so we have to be mindful in this process that oftentimes everybody's not ready to receive your counsel, and you have to be okay with that. John Ruiz's book, uh, The Four Agreements, I, I live by the agreement. It says don't take it personally. But that does not mean that I don't need to be personable in this process. But I also have to reconcile, and I think every pastor will agree with me here, that oftentimes we have to reconcile our own hurt before we try to help anybody heal. And what we what happens is we often project off, especially if you have had members who have hurt you, when you are now sitting in this new place, you cannot bring that old hurt into the new space. You, Correct. You, you cannot try to put the new wine uh, in an old wineskin <laughs> because it's not going to work. You're, you're, you're setting yourself up to fail. So that's one role that we play. On the other side of it, you have to be open and we have to be ready to hear anything in this process, not be judgmental, but to also be spiritually. I, I think someone said that earlier, that we've also got to be spiritually in this process because you can't put a better remedy or solution or thought process to everybody and think that it's going to work because it won't. we have to make sure that we come to this with an open heart and an open mind. If I can interject for just a second as one of the hosts, this is Tony Wilson. Um, in, in, in my perception of, of what she asked as well is I feel like as pastors and leaders, we need to also teach from a, a, a platform of we are not God. If we remind the people, I am not your God, I am just the vessel that God is using, I think when we allow, and, and she was talking about, what is our responsibility to the people when they look at us as being a God and we have no room for error? I feel like as pastors and leaders, if we interject consistently to our membership, look, I am your pastor and I am your leader, but I am not your God. I am not your Jesus. I did not die on the cross for you, but I am here as a vessel to be used by him so that they won't get that that you know, thwarted view of the fact, thinking that I am their God. They don't think that I am their God, regardless of how they view me, how much they may care for me. I don't want them to get that confused, because that will lead to a major church hurt. Mm-hmm. 
could, I, I do want to interject if I can, and I'll be very brief. Uh, first of all, I love pastoring, absolutely love it, um, and, I, and I need to say that uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, two other things. First of all, as pastors, uh, we've got to do a better job in knowing our folks and knowing mm-hmm. the members and stop calling them our folks. We've got to know the members who God sent us, the sheep. You know, it is so incredibly damaging that when there's an issue that happens sort of like in a parental relationship and you have to ascertain what really happened, you really don't know the members that are going through that particular infraction. And so part of what I try to do in my daily life while I love pastoring is to know the members. And then the last thing is, uh, to, to, to wrap this thing up, is, is that pastoring is more than a Sunday morning high. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's more than you showing up with an armor bearer or five or six of them, you know, holding your cape and your, you know, wiping your brow with the purple things. You'll know, you know what I'm talking about, and 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 sitting you down and and doing those things, you know, those things, those things. And it's more than that. We have to spend time with the folks, and we have to allow folks to spend time with us. That's how I believe we can get to the root of some of the hurt, some of the real issues that's going on in the church. And once you know what's going on, if you can sit and eat with the folk, you can bury them, you can marry them, you can pray with them, you can laugh with them, you can cry with them, you can just sit in silence with them. That's pastoring for me. Those are absolutely wonderful answers. This is Latrice Carter again, and I do appreciate you, Pastor, for saying um, something about spending time with your people. Um, But my next question kind of has two parts to it, and I want to ask all of you, what advice would you give someone who has been a victim of church hurt who has decided to leave their current ministry, that's part one, and what advice would you give someone who's decided to leave God behind church hurt? Well, in, in order for them to have peace and move forward, they, they, they can't just run away from what they've been hurt or who they've been hurt by. You know, they're going to have to resolve the issue and at least, have an appointment with whomever hurt them, you, you know, just from experience. Um, I know that I could not move on until, you know, I faced my issue head on. Um, and, and if you go in with the mindset that, you know, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind, that's not going to work. If you go in with the mindset, I just want him or her to know that they hurt me, that's not going to work. You know, you have to be prayerful, and I I keep saying that because you do. Um, You want to address the situation. And if that's no longer the place that God wants you to be, then, you know, man up, woman up, go see the person, let them know, and then move forward. Because you are not going to go forward until you have forgiven them. Whether they forgive you or whether they accept your apology or not, you're not going to go forth because church hurt and wounds debilitate you. They will stop your praise. They will stop your worship. They will even stop your destiny because, you know, you will allow it to. So I think that they have to go to the person and forgive them even if they don't accept any responsibility of what they've done. And then um, for them to just disregard 
or walk away from God, um, that piece there, they will need to get some counseling from, one, probably someone who has been hurt so that, you know, they won't feel that they're out there alone because there are plenty of us who have stuck with it and moved forward after being hurt, but allowing God to heal us so that we can be wounded healers. Amen. That's that's good stuff. I would like to add, though, you know, of course, seeking counsel is extremely imperative as you're going through all of that. I believe that it's healthy to talk to God and to allow oh, yeah. God to talk to you. But I also mm-hmm. believe that you should seek some wise counsel and not just your good friend who you go and hang out with at lunch. You know, you need someone who's going to pray with you, but also check you and remind you if this is just an emotional outburst or if this is really something that is damaging. The other thing that I want, um, I often tell people who have come through church hurt, I ask them the question, is this the culture of the church? And when I ask them the question of that, because there are different cultures of the church. So, for example, if you come to Bethel, we're going to hug on you. We're going to love on you. There are people who don't like that. That's unfamiliar to them. They get uncomfortable. But there are some places where, you know, it's a pickup joint. You know what I'm talking about. They, They like that sort of party club atmosphere and some of the churches. So you've got to also ascertain what is the culture of that place, because sometimes you won't even need counsel. You won't even need to ask God. You say, wait a minute, so-and-so is with this person, and the pastor's already with five people, and wait a minute, something is not right here, and you won't have to ask God anything. God's already told you the answer. Hello, somebody. And then you can decide when you grab your good bag and get your hind parts out of there with the quickness. Amen? But exercise it with faith and respect. I've always believed that the way you leave, God will honor that. Respect the house, even if it's not the place where you want to eat anymore. Respect it, because someone else obviously wants to be fed there, even if you don't. Awesome. That is an awesome point. That's good. That is good. That's good. I mean, you know, like you said, respect. And then, you know, just to add, common sense. Sometimes we don't operate under common sense. If if you know that that is not the place for you and you cannot be fed there, you're right. Common sense, just pack your bag and leave. Move forward. I'd like to interject as we move forward um, tonight in this wonderful panel and these great experts. It's going very well. I'd like to interject this to um, all of the leaders that are on um, the line tonight. I want to ask, is there a price? Let us think about it from a leadership perspective as well. Is there a price that um, our members pay or lay members pay for leaving the church because of hurt? Um, And is there a price that we may pay as a a pastor for allowing them to leave, or and we can't control it. I know we can't, but is there a price, an overall price, to be paid by them as well as us? How do you feel about that? I, I think it speaks a great deal to your witness, not just in the body of Christ, but also, you know, on your job and in your home. You know, when you say, "Is there a price to pay?" Um, a lot of times we wonder why we are not where God has promised us we should be. And if we go back and we reflect on 
choices that we have made. We can say, I should be further along if I had not. You know, uh, Pastor said, you know, sometimes you just have to get wise counsel about the choices that you make. And before you just uproot and decide, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore, um, you need to talk with someone, like you said, wise counsel. But you also have to assess the price that it's going to cost you if you just walk out of the promises of God. And so I think that, that many of many people are not where they're supposed to be because they didn't, one, seek God, didn't seek wise counsel, and just decided, you know, quitting is going to be an option for me, so I quit. Wow. 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 What do you think about that, pastors? What do you think about um, that particular question tonight? Well, I, I, I believe that the damage as far as price is concerned, you know, I I will say this, and I say this in great love, I believe that if we do our jobs right, uh, people will seldom, seldom leave. But I also understand that there are people who are going to be church hoppers. That's mm-hmm. the nature of what we do. Um, and while people are in our presence, while they are members and they're connected, uh, I'm going to give them 100% of my energy, my time, and my resources while they're there. Now, I believe the price in the sense of a negative uh, um, uh, condemnation is when someone has called out to me and said, I've got a problem and I don't make time to hear or to try to fix it or to help them navigate through that problem. The price is is that I lose the respect of the other folks. So, for mm-hmm. example, if there is a member in the church who has a history of, of making sexual advances with all of the members in the church and I do nothing about it, there's a price that is placed on me. Or if there are members who are stealing or doing or whatever it is, and there are people saying that to me and I do nothing about it, that's a price that I pay. But I also understand that this is the hard part of being pastoring. People will make decisions based on sometimes, not necessarily their own desires, but where their friends are, what's going on, the emotional pieces that's going on, and we've got to compete, if you will, with all of those things. So when I say all of that is that in good leadership, as we start moving towards this thing in church hurt and understanding that when people bring something to me, I try to uh, discern what my role is in that, you know, and figure out how I can help help that person navigate through that potential problem or whatever that issue is so that the price does not come not only this because I'm least concerned about what people say about me I'm more concerned about what people are going to say about God and certainly about Bethel the reputation about God and Bethel is at the foremost for me and this is co-host Alicia Brown I want to go back to something that Pastor Phelps, you said, and then uh, Dr. Boyd, you said, um, that depending on the church hurt, sometimes a person needs to seek counsel, and not the counsel from a good buddy or friend, but they need to seek counsel. I know that when people come out of a cult, there are special type of um, centers Mm -hmm. of help that can help them through that experience. But where does a person go? Um, is there anything that is specialized counseling 
just in this area of church hurt, special resources? Well, I'm just, I'll say this personally speaking for, um, I am a, um, I, I'm, I'm under the leadership of uh, Bishop Kim and Elder Valerie Brown, uh, the Mount, uh, we have a church in Chesapeake, Elizabeth City, um, Hampton, and of course now we're getting ready to plant a church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, something very powerful our leaders said to us, uh, there are some things that we are not trained to counsel people on, but we need to get someone in place to do that. So we have on staff a side Everything might not be spiritual, and there are some things that are psychological, and I'm just saying. Um, She does deal with, you know, church hurt, uh, blended families. You know, sometimes pastors are not equipped, and and we sometimes people don't want to believe that, but they're not equipped to deal with certain issues because they have not been trained in that because everything is not spiritual. And so if if – um, we have someone on uh, in the church that that we feel uh, we're not capable and equipped or trained to deal with. We refer them to someone who is, and I, and that doesn't take any way from pastor. It doesn't take anything away from uh, deacons or counselors. But you know, I think that a lot of times we are trying to do a job that we have not been equipped to do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have no problem thinking that. That's a great summation. How do you feel about that? I have no problem sending people to see those who are trained to do this job. Correct. My ego is not too big, nor will it be bruised Mm -hmm. sending where they need to go. Because, Mm -hmm. as as our esteemed guest said, some things we're not we can't handle. Some things uh, flesh and blood didn't reveal. So it is important for us to be, be, as leaders, to be that well-rounded and say, look, baby, this this goes far beyond my my scope. Let Mm -hmm. me refer you to someone. And there's no one in the church that can handle that. I was fortunate that we did have someone who – had a Ph.D. and and had a master's degree, and so I could refer them but Mm -hmm. someone in-house. But in this new work, I don't have that person. So I am quickly uh, garnering people in both cities to to make sure that I can refer them because I do not want to do further damage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd like to interject really quick so that we can get one of our phone um, callers to come in before we get off the line tonight. Hi, we have Karen on the line tonight from Maryland. Karen, do you have a question? Uh, no, but I do have a comment. Okay. Um, my comment is I, I appreciate everything that all of you um, pastors have been talking about, especially the one where Pastor Darren said where you need to get to know your people, you know, because I've been in several churches and I've been hurt and I went to the pastor and talked to the pastor so they could know where I was coming from because they didn't know me personally. And the situations kept happening, and I felt like she didn't do anything about it. So I was one of those people that left the church, and I did not want to go to another church. And I recently, not recently, but I took, a, I guess, a little sabbatical, and I went to another church. 
and I sat there for a year to heal myself, you know, to get the spiritual um, things that I needed, and I appreciate that because I know for a fact that when I go and talk to my pastor, they take care of the problem, you know, and I just appreciate that. Mm -hmm. That's it. Well, thank you so much for calling. You're welcome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have run out of time this evening, but I do have one final question for all of you, and that is with our church attendance in today's society being at its all-time low, how would you say we fix this issue? Saving that for the book. No, just kidding. <laughs> I think that we just have to be mindful. People. We do have to be mindful of, it's what uh, Pastor Phelps said, we've got to be mindful of the culture and we serve. And we've got to make that we, that we make it conducive and that we are also not confining it to just those four walls, but also being uh, community-oriented, making sure the people see us waiting for them to come to us. They need to know we're about so that they'll know who we're about. That's true. I, and I would share two things. Number one, uh, let's stop doing the gimmicks uh, in church and uh, putting on the show and get back to our authentic worship. Uh, and then the last thing is, is when you have a clear vision uh, and you are constantly preaching and teaching and having ministries that support your purpose there, um, you're less likely to have hurt show up in a pronounced state. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, I would like go, Pastor I would like to go ahead tonight, Tony Wilson, co-host. I'd like to go ahead and thank all of our distinguished guests for taking out their time and coming on board to answer these and many other questions. Uh, we've got to have a part two, three, and four to this. This was just Definitely. a great show tonight. I'd like to personally thank Pastor Darren Phelps, Pastor Rick Rollins. And Elder Angela Carpool Boyd, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Let's Face It Radio. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Bless you. So it was welcome. our pleasure. Awesome show. Awesome show. A lot of good points. Um, that they, I wish I could have spoke up more. I was trying to save my voice, but um, <laughs> a lot of good information that I know I personally can use. I'm sure you ladies did as well, and I want to commend you for taking doing such a great job in um in leading the show. Did everybody have fun? Yes, yes. yes most yes. definitely. You did? you did wonderful. So as you said, we definitely need to um come back with a part two. And I'm sure a part three actually I was talking to Nikki during the show and she said she's gonna actually look for um one of the, the so called celebrity um pastors to come on and get their perspective about some things. So um, I just want to announce next week's show, January the 18th, we're having Infidelity, Why People Cheat. You know, you've heard about the side chick, you talk about the, um, the side piece. We have guest relationship expert, Alvian Lyons. Um, she's going to come and talk about the issues of why people cheat, how you can tell if they're cheating, and how you can protect yourself. I have guest co-host, Janae Williams, Donnell Lattimore. He's going to be here also um, to co-host the show with me. So I'm your host, Will Strayhorn. I'm Tony Wilson, your co-host. I'm co-host Latrice Carter. 
and I'm co-host Alicia Brown. Yes. So let's face it. In life, you're going to be faced with many choices. But the most important choice you will ever make is when you choose to be bold, be beautiful, make the choice to be you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Let's Face It with Will Trayhorn and Friends on the Survival Radio Network. Please be sure to visit us on the web often at letsfaceitradio.com for the latest in show information, including upcoming shows, special guests, spotlight interviews, as well as exciting, innovative ways that you can be part of the show. So tune in next week for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.